Cast. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, I'm Kathy Zaka. Hi, I'm Susan Offen. And I'm Laura Potter. And we're your hosts today for Pure Truth. We want to welcome you to our podcast and thank you for listening. Today, our topic will be on new wineskins. And our scripture for today is from Luke 5, 36-39. It says, Then Jesus gave them an example. He said, No one tears a piece out of new clothes to patch old clothes. Otherwise, they will tear the new clothes. Also, the patch from the new clothes will not match the old clothes. No one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out, and the wineskins will be destroyed. No new wine must be poured into new wineskins. After drinking old wine, no one wants the new. They say the old wine is better. Yeah, that's a great scripture with some really good examples of what we're going to talk about today. So the season that we are entering can only be accomplished with new wineskins. If we try to do anything in the old wineskins, they will burst, just like she was talking about, Mm -hmm. because they will not be able to hold the new things that God wants us to do. Isn't that exciting? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. You know, we've entered a new era, and in this new era, we will experience things that have never been experienced here on earth before. God is releasing new ideas and new inventions. We've talked about that quite a bit, and he already has the blueprints drawn up and ready to release here on earth. Many other prophets, as well as both Laura and I, have received several words from the Lord regarding this, and it's really exciting to think about what God's about to do, and we must be ready for these new wineskins. And the beautiful thing about this is God has been preparing us for these new wineskins for a really long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to give an illustration here. You know, when I was a kid, my mother used to go through all of our clothes in our drawers once a year, and it's usually, you know, before school started in the fall. Yeah. And she'd make sure that we tried on everything in our drawers, the, the closet. Part of the year, the huh? hottest part of the year. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, just to see if your clothes are too small. Do yeah. they fit anymore? Because, right. you know, school's going to start. Yeah. And we got we to gotta go through all the clothes, you know, and know what we have that we can wear right. for the year, right? right? So, but it was always at the end of the summer. And in our house in Chicago, we didn't have air conditioning. Yeah. So here I am trying on all these clothes, you know, and I've got to try on turtleneck sweaters and long <laughs> pants and dresses and tights. Remember, I had to wear tights all the time to oh, church yeah. with my dress and all that's a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> and or pantyhose, you know, but that oh was that was gosh, when I was a teenager. <laughs> I would get so imagine, frustrated. Imagine you know. those handed down. Oh <laughs> gross. <laughs> 
No, we had our own pantyhose. <laughs> remember they were legs and they came in the eggs? Yes, I remember those. <laughs> yes. Go to the store and try to find the right color, the uh, right size. <laughs> yes. And it's like it had to be in style and yes. you know, and you had to have pantyhose. Oh yeah. Nowadays nobody wears nobody pantyhose wears <laughs> unless you're in an office or something. Right. Yeah, I would get so frustrated and get so hot, you know, like, I can't try on these clothes anymore. <laughs> my hair might be all staticky and my hair's going up in the air. Uh, ah. yeah. <laughs> so there were times my mom would start to put my favorite jeans in the giveaway pile and I'd grab them and tell her, no, no, I could still fit into these. You can't get rid of those. Uh, they're my, <laughs> they're favorites. my favorites. Yeah. And then she'd make me try them on. But as soon as I pulled them on, they were either too short, like floods, or I couldn't button them, you know. It was it was painful to see those clothes that I felt comfortable in and I loved wearing now being taken away. Yeah. And I also remember when I was a, you know, when I was a teenager, I'd have those designer jeans. It was the 80s. You had the yeah. designer jeans and I had to lay down on the bed to fasten the button Ooh. on my jeans. <laughs> yep, I remember that. <laughs> okay, wait. Then there was this time later on in life, you know, after I had my first son, and I felt so much thinner after I had him, you yeah, know, like your stomach goes down. You're like, yes. And so um, I was so ready to wear regular clothes again. Right. And I was getting ready to go to church. And one Sunday morning, I put on one of my pre-pregnancy dresses and I slipped it over my head. And as it draped down my body, it just stopped and wouldn't go any <laughs> further than my hips. I was so upset that I couldn't fit into my old dresses anymore. The ones yeah. that were my favorites, too. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. before I had kids, I had boy hips. Yeah. But, you know, afterwards, they were mom hips. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd never be that small again. Right. Yeah. It's the sacrifices we have to make, That's right? right. Yes. But I just bring up all those stories, you know, to illustrate that the time that we're living in and the kingdom age that God has already entered us into, we're already in it now. Yes. It won't allow for us to wear the old clothing that we used to wear. If we try to move forward with the old clothing that doesn't fit us anymore, like the scriptures that I talked about, right. we'll be restricted in our movements for God, and we'll look ridiculous trying to wear what doesn't fit us anymore. Right. right. You know, it's gonna have holes in it. Right. You know. Uh-huh. Right. And it's it's just not gonna allow us to move the way we need to right. in the spirit, right? right? For God's kingdom. Right. So for some, it'll be painful. You know, there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna be pain have hard time leaving the old clothes, meaning the traditions of man, behind, and be fitted for the new clothing that God has prepared for us. For others, they have been prepared, really, all this time by the Holy Spirit ahead of time, and we're eagerly seeking the new clothing that we're going to be wearing for all to see. Can't wait. Right? I'm excited. Yeah. And so, you know, one of our, our previous episodes was called Kingdom Mindset versus Religious Mindset. And another episode was The Old is Gone, The New has Come. But both of these episodes, God put on our hearts to prepare people for what is coming. And God has always given me a heads up, you know, before he's about to do something or or make a major shift. There are changes that are coming to God's church that will allow us to move more freely than we have ever moved before. And we will be moving in his power and his glory in ways we haven't experienced before. But we can't move freely while still wearing the old clothing, the religious traditions of the past. That's right. Yes. So this is what God was talking about in the scriptures from Luke regarding the old wineskins of the church, the old ways of doing things, ministry, evangelism, worship, music, preaching, even the structure of the church must change and become structured in God's kingdom way and not the way it's been structured for years. Right. 
So because that would be the church, you know, era. Right. We're we're in the, the kingdom era now, right? right. But right. that was the church era. So we're moving out of that. And to move forward with the new wine or anointing that God will be giving his church, we need new wineskins like clothed in his righteousness that God will give to us. That's beautiful. Yep. Yes. You know, the saying goes, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? Right. But God created us in His image. We aren't, we aren't dogs. Right. We are God's chosen people, a holy priesthood created to serve, to worship, to rule, to reign, and to bring the things of heaven, the ways of heaven, to the earth, and fill the earth with the glory of the Lord. Yes. So how are we supposed to accomplish all that while still wearing the outgrown clothing or the mindset of the past? Right. Because this is going to require a humbling of our hearts before God to have teachable spirits, right? Yes. Right. Yep. You know, God's doing a new thing, and He is taking us into new territory. Right. So it's important for us to seek out God's will on all things pertaining to His kingdom and know His heart, and we'll move, you know, be able to move forward. Right. Colossians 3, 1-4 through 4 says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden in Christ with God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. Amen. That's mm-hmm. good. Wow. You know, some of the old clothing, like you were just talking about, mm-hmm. that we need to dispose of is that clothing of a mindset of an escape mentality regarding the rapture. Ooh, yeah. That's good. You know, for... Yeah. For too long, Christians have sat back and taken a back seat instead of being in the driver's seat of every area of influence in our world. Yep. I want to just discuss some of the different interpretations that Christians have regarding the rapture and Jesus' final triumphant return. Yeah. I want to be honest with you and say this was mind-boggling <laughs> when yeah, I was I researching. Could, I could imagine. There's so I mean, many different opinions out there. Interpretations. Interpretations. Yeah. Interpretations. yeah. And mm-hmm. so much controversy. Or, yes. Yes. Um, and it brings about division. Yes. All well, these interpretations. Yes. Just one more tool the enemy uses, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the days following the crucifixion of Christ, the resurrection and the ascension, the early church was looking for Jesus' return. Yep. They looked for what they called the blessed hope, that imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And according to Scripture, the next event on God's calendar of time would be the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ for his church in the air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the book of Revelation, chapter 4, the first couple of verses, something is present and something is missing. John said, After these things, I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here and I will show you what things must take place after these things. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And then he began to describe what he saw. This could be referenced to the rapture. Mm-hmm. Right? And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul is describing the events that will be taking place at the rapture. In verse 17, he says, Then we who remain alive should be caught up. Right. And in it's those words, caught up, from which we get the word rapture. Mm-hmm. That's a snatching away of the body of Christ. And so Paul says here, there will be a time we as believers will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and we shall forever be with the Lord. Right. 
So you may describe the rapture as this, the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ for his church, imminent meaning by any moment and return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. There's a difference between a rapture of the church and the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. In scripture, the Bible speaks about the signs coming, which refer to his coming back following the tribulation period to establish his earthly kingdom. So it doesn't, any, it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible the word rapture. No. No. It just talks about being taken away. Yeah, it's taken up. Mm -hmm. Okay, gotcha. So we have Jesus coming for his church and the beginning of the tribulation period. And while that's going on, the church is going to be in heaven receiving our rewards, which will be called the judgment of Christians. And following the tribulation, Jesus Christ will be coming back to earth to establish his earthly kingdom of 1,000 years. And at that time, there will be a great white throne judgment, and after which all eternity begins. Yep. These are some of the events that are spoken about and will take place. This event, which is said to be in next in God's calendar, Jesus Christ comes in the air and calls home his body, the bride of Christ. Yep. As I said, there are different views, <laughs> which we can't be dogmatic about. This for, is the way it's going to be. Right. It's not that way. No. Yeah. It's, for, an it's an interpretation. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. And for example, there's three opinions here. Like one, those who believe Jesus is coming before the tribulation, there will be a period of seven years of tribulation, then he's coming back to earth to judge it and to set up his kingdom. Right. The second one is other people believe that in the midst, not the beginning, the midst mm -hmm. of the seven years of great tribulation that Jesus is coming at that time and those who are ready for the coming will be caught up. The rest who are not looking will be left behind. Right. And the last one is those who believe Jesus isn't coming before the tribulation nor the middle, but the end of it. And so they put the rapture of the church and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ back to earth as the same event. Right. So he, these are just examples pertaining to the reasons for understanding why the church is not going through some great tribulation. In Matthew 24, Jesus is speaking to his disciples as a result of questions they asked him. They were at the Mount of Olives, and he points to the temple. Do you not see all these things? He asked. I tell you the truth. Not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will not be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen, and what will be the sign of your coming in the end of age? Yeah. In the beginning of verse 4, Jesus begins to talk about the end of age. He, Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come claiming, I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of the birth pains. I think we can all say that we're experiencing a lot of that right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. In verse 24, it says, For false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. See, I have told you ahead of time. And then back up in verse 21, it distinguishes between time of tribulation and the great tribulation. For then there will be a great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never be equaled again. Yeah. You know, here the Bible's talking about a period of time the Bible calls the great tribulation. 
unlike all persecution tribulation. This is described in Revelation chapter 619. This is why many believe the body of Christ will be taken away, raptured, before the time of great tribulation in which there's an antichrist, a great suffering and hardship when you read the sixth chapter. We see trumpets and all these things unfold. It's wrath upon wrath upon wrath on the earth. There's a difference between this and the persecution that goes on today, and it's been going on all these years, many expressing its evil against man. The Great Tribulation is God releasing His divine wrath upon humanity and upon the earth. So, whereas one is against man, the other, God, the wrath of God is against man. The rapture of the church before tribulation is the only view that allows for the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ, in which He can return at any moment. It's what Jesus taught His disciples three times in Matthew twenty-five thirteen: Be on alert, for you don't know the day or hour speaking of his return. Right. He doesn't even know when it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So be alert. He says, again in the hour you think not, the Son of Man comes. Yep. So you and I are to live as he could come any moment. Now in saying that, waiting on God has become just a Christian way of being lazy. Right. Jesus didn't give us power and authority so we could sit in a pew and wait for the rapture. Right. Many Christians have greater faith in the return of Christ than in the power of the gospel. Yeah, that's right? so true. When Jesus commissioned us to pray on earth as it is in heaven, he wasn't giving us a nice prayer to pray to keep us positive. He was sharing a dream on his heart that is to see earth mirror the reality of heaven. And the bride is to occupy herself until he comes for her. Mm-hmm. It shows how, how to long for his return, yet get to work, while there's still time, to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. The return of Christ is a huge part of the gospel. Yeah. How we view end times matters because what we believe about the end of the story impacts how you live right now. Right. That's good. Mm-hmm. Right. If you don't have any reason to invest in earthly things, for example, there's no point in retirement, 401k plans, recycling, Mm -hmm. right? and think, uh, or think it's all going in the tribulation dumpster fire anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Rapture theology trains people to not care about the world around us. But that's not what Jesus taught in his great prayer. He didn't pray, take me to heaven on your rapture train. Instead, he prayed for God's kingdom to come down to earth. On earth as it is in heaven. Did y'all ever have that? Like, did you ever think about the rapture when you were younger? Oh, yeah. Did, All the did time. it ever scare you? I mean, I used to be scared of it. Yeah. I used to think that, oh my God, he's coming back. Coming you back know, angry or coming, coming back? Coming back, and I'm not going to get to go. You know, right. and I wasn't doing living right, or it was, I was caught up in that end time stuff where I used to subscribe to end time magazines when I was in my early 20s. Hmm. And I was like, just wanted to make sure that I was not going to miss that train. <laughs> Did y'all ever go through that? My thing was, I I knew I would be raptured up with Jesus. That was, yeah. you know, because I I had been taught that right. the premillennial you yes. know mentality. And so, but my thought was, I just want to get married and have kids before Jesus yes. comes back. That <laughs> right? was like, I just want to hit my goal, <laughs> yeah. and then you could come back, can come back. <laughs> on your own terms. Right, right. right. No, gotta, no, no, no. You have to do it I on my accomplish time. Accomplish some things first here, Lord. <laughs> right. <laughs> what about you, Susan? Yeah, I, I all I can think of is um, the word pur- purgatory. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that just frightened us. Yeah, because that's so from much the Catholic. Yeah, background. and it's it's right. not technically in the bible right you know so right i that was the religion i was raised in so yeah. um i think it's 
that isn't purgatory based on the scripture where, you know, there's like Jesus uses the example and there's a man who's, I think he's standing, I'm trying to remember it, but he's standing and he's looking at hell and there's this great chasm between him yes. and the up and hell. Right. And there's someone saying, give me a drink of water, yeah. but he can't. And so, anyway, I think that's where it refers to purgatory. Yeah. But that was like an example Jesus was giving. Right. You know, right. Anyway, but yeah. 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 I know. I'm so glad that it's all an interpretation again of right. the scriptures. Exactly. And then when you start getting that intimate relationship with God and you mm-hmm. start just digging into the word and all of that stuff just God this he doesn't want us to focus on that. That's not what we should be focused on. We could get caught up in oh, so again easily. another division of what you believe, what I believe, exactly. and then you're gonna take sides and that's ridiculous. Yeah. Because we're one body, right. one right. bride, one church, one spirit. Right? One spirit with, with one God. One God. And so it's the enemy that divides us. Yep. And so when you have an intimate this is why we we really Push preach <laughs> intimacy all the time is because when you have an intimate relation with the Lord and you're you're going to him each day, you can go to the word, you can ask him and the Holy Spirit will reveal to your heart yeah. what is the truth. Right. And what do you need to be focused on? Right. You know, it's not on simple. what somebody else thinks, but what do you, yeah. what does the Lord impress on your heart to think? That's good. Right. That's good. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's many good nuggets of truth that you just said, Susan. And I agree with all of it. You know, God never wanted us to be consumed with the rapture. He told us at the beginning in Genesis 128 to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Mm-hmm. That has been our assignment from the beginning. Right. Nowhere yes. in the Bible does it say for us to give up and just wait on Jesus to rapture us to heaven. To heaven, We are to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion, just like the scripture says. And share the gospel to every gospel. end of the earth. Right. <laughs> yep. And are we doing that? No. <laughs> we're not doing that. And on some levels we are, but not the way right. we're supposed to. Mm-hmm. But God is teaching us how to do things the way he instructed us to do. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Uh, I'm going to share a word real quick that I listened from Bobby Connor who was a guest on Elijah's Dreams on January the 20th, 2023. And he has some powerful things that he shared that the Lord spoke to him. And it was such a good word. And I know we've mentioned our Awakened Bible study. We love it. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But this word from Bobby Connor was included as part of our homework a few weeks ago. So I got to really listen in depth to what he was saying. And I want to share a few things that he said. So some of it I will quote word for word. And other parts I'm just going to summarize. One of the things he talks about is the struggle with truth. We don't even know what truth is anymore, and the body of Christ has been struggling with this for a really long time. So Bobby says, you and I, as believers in Christ, are going to have to rescue truth so truth can rescue us. And I thought that was really profound, you know. John 17, 17, in the New King James Version says, sanctify them by by your truth, your word is truth. But I also like the New Living Translation Version, and it says, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. We need to know truth, pure truth, not religious truth, not media truth, man-made truth, or watered-down truth. We need God's truth, and when we get a hold of His truth, He 
or reveal all of the enemy's lies, which will set us free. You know, Bobby also says that we are under the curse of Isaiah 520. We are calling good evil and evil good. And I can definitely agree with that. Some of the things I've seen and heard are disgusting and horrifying. And I can't believe this is where we're at all around the world, you know? We can't function like this in this new era and in our new wineskins. It's time to take the ground the enemy has stolen from us back. And Bobby says that God has a plan to help move the saints of God from a mindset of simply surviving to divinely thriving. Sounds good to me. Me too. Psalm 1611 says, You will show me the pathway of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The Lord told Bobby if we will get into his presence. And his presence gets into us. I like that. It will get us into a place of divinely thriving instead of merely surviving. Mm-hmm. And that gets me fired up. Yeah, just thinking about enough. it, you know. Bobby says the body of Christ needs to start declaring what God is declaring over us. He says we need to get strategy because we are in warfare. How do we get strategy? We learn about our enemy, the devil, because he is out to steal, kill, and destroy. Bobby says we need to educate the body of Christ about our enemy, and we need to come out from among the world and be separate and touch not unclean things. The people of God need to get back to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. This is all revelation that the Lord gave to Bobby, and it lines up with what he's been speaking to the three of us, too. You know, God's about to display his power in a mighty, powerful, awesome way. Bobby says we will be awestruck because God is going to show up and show off. We will be amazed because we've never seen where we're going now. And Bobby said the Lord gave him permission to attempt to exaggerate what God is about to do. And that struck me. It resonates so deeply in my heart because God has also been speaking to me about what's coming. We're going to be so deeply moved by what's about to take place that our life as we now know it will never be the same. God's been waiting for the body of Christ to unite and take a stand. We are so done with the enemy winning battle after battle, right? Mm -hmm. And Bobby says that God initiated this hunger within us. This divine hunger is stirring in the hearts of God's people. God wants to bless those who trust in him. And I love this part because it makes so much sense. You know, Bobby tells us that the Lord is rendering his verdict on the saints of God, and it's going to change everything. The Lord said the church has been living in a moment called until. Mm-hmm. And he gives good scripture to back it up. It's Daniel seven twenty one through 22. says, I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them until the Ancient of Days came, and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. The horn that is talked about in this verse is the evil horn or evil forces, which means the demons, the devil, the Antichrist, that are waging war against the saints of God and prevailing until the Ancient of Days stands and drops his gavel and the saints will possess the kingdom. We are in that until moment, but not for much longer. Praise God. Doesn't that get you fired up? Mm -hmm. We are so blessed to be living at this time. Mm -hmm. God is looking for people who will take a stand for him. We are to be anxious for nothing, according to Philippians 4, 6. And Bobby says, we can't medicate anxiety. We need to repent of it. I love that too. It's just one more tool the enemy uses to keep us bound in chains. We limit God. We don't follow his word, his truth. And God wants us to take the lids of limitation off. And I love this too. Bobby says, it's time for the lions to roar and the eagles to soar. It's not a time to be timid and shy. Right. We should be thankful that God has allow us, allowed us to live in this crucial time. The kingdom is in us for such a time as this. And he also talks about the awe of God returning to his people. The church is far too familiar with a God that we barely know. Wow. 
That also hit me because unfortunately it's true. He continues, we have tried to substitute familiarity for intimacy and God won't have it. He is about to show up and show off on a dimension and on a measure that we've not seen in our day. He describes intimacy. I'm talking about Bobby. Bobby describes intimacy as loving God with all your heart and you are to put him first or put him first place in your life. You love him so much that you don't want to do anything to hurt his heart. We want to be clean, pure, and holy for his namesake. We don't want to bring reproach to him in any way. And he also says, we need to teach the body of Christ who they are. Mm-hmm. And I say yes and amen to that. Mm-hmm. So many of God's children do not know who they are in Christ Jesus. And the Lord told Bobby, the divine God and the evil devil are asking the saints of God the same question. And that question is, who do you think you are? The devil is asking, who do you think you are? And God is asking, who do you think you are? We need to get rid of our stinking thinking and find out who we are. We will never know who we are until we know whose we are. Right. right. We are chosen by God. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. If that doesn't excite you, I don't know what will. And I am in awe of what has taken place in the spirit realm, and it's finally being felt in the natural realm. God and his army of light are moving mightily, and we simply cannot operate the way we used to. The old wineskins cannot hold the good things that are coming. We need to find out what God is doing and join him. That is how we win this fight. Mm-hmm. You know, this that is how we move forward with our new wineskins. It's good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, sometimes changes like that can be scary. Right. And new thinking can feel scary. Right. Absolutely. Right. And I, I was asking the Lord, you know, how it will look when we move forward in this new wine, in the new wineskins. You know, coming into a new way of functioning as the body of Christ. Yep. And the Lord brought to my mind Joshua 1, 1 through 9. And this is where God tells Joshua that Moses is dead. He's telling him, okay, yep. Moses is dead now because God hid Moses' body. Yeah. So he tells Joshua he's dead and that he is to be the new leader and bring the people of God into the promised land. Right. And God's moving us, just like Joshua, he's moving us into the this new promised land. And he was showing me how we're to think about that, right? This is good, mm-hmm. yeah. And so in, and this is what it says in Joshua 1, 1 through 9. It says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord, spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm going to be giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses, wherever you set your foot, You will be on land that I have given you, from the Negev wilderness into the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River into the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you nor abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either from the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you'll be sure to obey everything that's written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. This is my command. 
Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Notice how many times God tells Joshua to be strong and courageous there? Yep. (laughs) You know, this is because God was personally encouraging and strengthening him, strengthening Joshua for the task that was ahead. And I believe God is wanting to do the same thing right now for his people today. I 100% agree. You know, he gives us a heads up, like I said. He gives us a heads up and a wake-up call, you know, to his people to be mentally and spiritually prepared for the work that's ahead of us. But God has spoken specific words to his prophets and to put the urgency within their hearts to get the message out to his people that it's time for a wardrobe change, starting within our hearts and our minds. And the Holy Spirit has deposited in our hearts a spiritual discontentment. And that's, you know, a good thing to right. get us moving in the direction that he wants us to go. Yeah. Because if you're happy and content, why would you need to change? Right. Exactly. Just stay where I'm at. Right. I'm comfortable here. Right. But yeah. if there's a spiritual discontentment, you know, something's wrong, something needs to change, and I can't put my finger on it, but, you know, yeah. it's that kind of a... That's a Holy Spirit lighting a fire under you saying, you're not staying here. Right. <laughs> Time gonna, to go. I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable until you get up and move. <laughs> right. Right. And then he encourages us by right. telling us, be strong and be courageous. Right. Basically, look to me, and I and, and I will give you everything you need. Right, and it's always for and, our good. Right, and know? it's time. Right. Yeah. You know, the Hebrews were slaves to Egypt for 400 years. I mean, that's a long that. time. Yeah. That's yeah. a long time. Long time. Life, that's several lifetimes. Yeah. So, you know, it was all that they, they knew was right. to be a slave. Right. They were so caught up in that slave mentality that they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years before God could take the next generation into the promised land. Yeah. And most of us have been raised to know of you know what we've been taught by the previous generation. If we don't practice having daily intimacy with God, we can easily be caught up with continuing to do only what we know what to do and what we've been taught to think, right? That's, That's a right. good point. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. So God's calling his bride to come out of what we've always known and moving to a whole new way of thinking, a land where we can prosper and be the people that God created us to be. Yeah, you know, that's really good, Laura. When I started going to church, mm-hmm. I only understood, like you were talking about, what I was being taught there. Right. Which I've learned since then that it, it wasn't always accurate, you know. Mm-hmm. I had to study the Bible myself. And when you add that to a deeply intimate relationship with God, he then begins to reveal so many mysteries just like we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm, right. And he answers so many questions. It's the intimacy that changed everything for me. Right. It birthed a desire deep within me to know him more. And on this journey, I've discovered that the more he reveals to me, the more I want to understand why things are the way they are. And he's doing it. He's showing me things I never even thought of before. But that's our God. He cares deeply for each one of us. And he's teaching new things while showing us how to make room for new wineskins. It's a new thing that God is doing. We are in a new era where the old ways are gone and the new ways have come. And it is in this new thing, this new era, in new ways that we will need our new wineskins so God can fill us with his blessings. Things that he could not give us in our old wineskins because we would not know how to handle it. And we would break or the wineskins would burst, right? Mm -hmm, Right. But now, the new wineskins... Well, if you understand what God has been preparing us for, then get ready for his blessings to overflow in your life like never before, because that is what's coming. Mm -hmm. Isn't God just so good? Yes, he is. I'm looking forward to it. I am too. Guys, you know, this is just the beginning of 
really good things happening. And I believe a lot of it's going to happen this year. Yeah, I think that's what we're feeling right now is the stretching. Yes. You yes. know, we're stretching and getting ready right. for that new wine to be poured in. It's right. already starting to pour in. It is. You just need to be intimate with the Lord and be sensitive to it yeah. to, to understand the feelings and everything that you're you're picking up on, you know. And ask the Lord to help you expand your thinking. Right. Like right. if this is stretching you and you're like, I just don't know how I'm going to comprehend what they're talking about, these new wines, kids, this new era, these new things. Just ask the Lord to, to expand that for you. And ask the Lord to prepare you. Yes. Prepare your mind and your heart right. for change. Yeah. Because that's important. It and is. if you struggle with it, then ask for it. Right. Right. Don't be afraid of it. Right. Jump on the train with us, man. We're because we're... there's some people that love change. I love change. Right. I'm always looking like what's happening? Yeah. What's next? What yeah. are we gonna do? Ah, you know. <laughs> Whereas my you know, my husband, he he's he likes to stay with what he knows. Right. And I'm like, well everybody does because they're comfortable. Right. But I look forward to change because I the way I see it is I trust the Lord. Yeah. And I know when he brings us into something new it's exciting yes. and it's good. And it's going to be good, like in the long run. It's not going to hurt me. Right. That's that's just trusting the Lord. Right. You know, I'm not saying he doesn't, but I'm just saying it's just the way my mentality has been ever since I was a kid. Like, I always looked forward to what's coming next, you right. know, the new stuff. <laughs> and so, you know, everybody's different, right? Right. Uh, so if definitely. you're not good with change, ask for the Lord to help you. Get your mind expanded. Get your heart expanded. Right. I always well, think of like the Grinch. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, the Dr. Seuss cartoon, the original one. Yeah. And his heart grew like three times, you know, whatever, <laughs> when he was three times as large, he just breaks the box, you know? Yeah. Like that's what we need to ask, have that image in our mind of asking the Lord to expand our understanding and right. expand our hearts for more. Right. And remember that fear comes from the enemy. Right. If you're scared, right. that's not of God. Right. No. You know, and, and that means the enemy wants to keep you from that blessing. Right. So just step up and step out of yeah. faith mm -hmm. and go. That's Throw right. where God's telling you to go. Yep. Wow, that's good. All right, it's time to close. I hope you're excited as we are about what God's about to do. And next week, we will discuss how to equip ourselves to walk in these new wineskins. Yep. And we just want to close with this scripture from Isaiah 43, 19. It says, I am about to do something new. We've been talking about that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is beginning to happen even now. Don't you see it coming? I'm going to make a way for you to go through the desert. I will make streams of water in the dry and empty land. That's good. All right. Today's episode was edited by Caitlin Beck. Thank you, Caitlin. And I want to reference, again, Bobby Connor and Elijah Streams. Just go to ElijahStreams.com and search for Bobby Connor, and you'll find his powerful word there that I talked about earlier. And we will also post uh, any of the websites that we, we used in the notes section of this episode. Mm -hmm. Before you go, we invite you to please leave a written review anywhere you listen to this podcast. The more positive reviews we receive will lead to more listeners that God can reach. Also, please subscribe. We would appreciate it very much. And we just want to thank you for listening and allowing us to pour pure truth into you today. And we would love to hear from you. So just email us at puretruthpodcast3, that's the number three, at gmail.com. All right. And please visit our websites. Mine is kathyzaka.com. Mine is laurapotter.us. And mine is susanoffin.com. And we hope you'll join us next time. And remember, live thirsty. Thank you, and may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may his face shine upon you and give you his peace. All right, until next time. Susan, Laura, and Kathy.
Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Electric acid.